This episode is proudly sponsored by Independent Unit Management, offering comprehensive property services trusted by over 8,000 property owners. IUM enhance, manage and protect New South Wales properties statewide, ensuring you have the power to protect not only your individual investment, but the collective strata asset. We're very thankful for Jeff at IUM for being the founding sponsor of MyPeak. Contact Jeff and the team of strata managers at ium.com.au. Today's episode is also proudly sponsored by property law firm DMC Lawyers. DMC is offering 10% off for all MyPeak community members. They're a local law firm operating out of Gregory Hills, specializing in commercial leasing and commercial and residential conveyancing. Dino is also an invested MyPeak member. Contact Dean and the team at DMC Lawyers on 0456 970 507. Let's get into it. G'day and welcome back to the MyPeak podcast. We're athlete coaches specializing in cricket through holistic development. We focus on you as a whole to reach your peak performance. My peak stands for pre-elite athlete creation. In this podcast, we give you the tools to transform from the pre-elite to the elite. BBL is back, Brown Dog. How are you traveling, brother? I'm good, mate. Thank you. How are you doing? Very good. We have a lot of feedback on this podcast about the Big Bash episodes being our athletes' favorite episodes, and we're very excited to have the Big Bash back. So I think it's that time of the year where we drop our first Big Bash podcast for the upcoming season. Is it BBL 13, I think? No idea what BBL it is, (laughs) but the BBL is here, which is, like Cameron said, an exciting time of year. We all know BBL is the best time of year. December, school holidays are rolling around for the kids, Christmas around the corner. There'll be a game on every night unless the test is on so it's just great viewing for us cricket tragics yes we're going to run through some bit of predictions again like we did last year we're going to touch on some teams touch on some players and unpack what we want to see from the big bash this year and what you can expect to see from the big bash this season have you got your super coach team together cameron i most certainly do it's uh we are recording this on thursday where big bash kicks off tonight between the heat and the stars so my team is pretty much locked in except for one player depending on team list tonight who i go with as a heat bowler but yeah i've been working on it basically since the day it opened and i am pumped for big bash return i had an ordinary year last year so i've been what's what's ordinary for you cameron where'd you finish i think seventh overall In all seriousness. Nah, I missed the top thousand last year. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not good for those that know. This is this is Cameron's hobby. Supercoach is his second part time job that hopefully he gets paid out for when he comes first <laughs> at the end of the year. Tell me, Cameron, what are you obviously first place, but realistically what are you gonna be happy with this year in the BBL? Like where where do you wanna finish? Oh, I don't really think about it. I just wanna finish as high as I can. Mm. Ideally, top 100 is normally my goal. Mm. I finished there twice, um, but I haven't finished there for two years now. So top 100 is normally the, the pass mark, but anything in the top 10 where you get a bit of cash is the, the real goal that you want to try and hit. What are you sipping on there, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> sipping on a juice. Homemade. Looks, looks the goods, yes. Um, all right, I reckon let's get into it with a few predictions. All right, so... I think we should start with what teams we expect to do well. It's mm, Definitely. I know this time last year we run through our predicted finalists, our top five, and they were, I think they were exactly the same. Uh, there might have been one of them was different, but I think this year is going to be a little bit different. I reckon this is the most player movement we've seen from a big bash from one season to another. Yeah, I think actually 
obviously the test players make a big role playing the first round uh which is actually really good for viewing but i think this is probably the most even i've seen yeah. the big bash over the the if drafters it is, if it is 13 seasons this is probably the most even i've seen it spread across the teams the in drafters talent. finally not finally it's only the second year of the draft but it's really it's played its role yeah it's played its role so i think the top two teams are still going to be or maybe um, well well in front of every other team but I think the gap back to the next team is going to be very hard to separate the teams that run in that finals between third and fifth. How important is finishing as high as possible in the BBL do you think? Oh well with the BBL's final setup it's super important. It is. It's did you see the WBBL final series? Yeah, I did. The team that come first, the strikers, went straight to the GF. Mm. And then it's the same formula for the Big Bash, but just one step ahead. So the Big Bash 1 and 2 play off, and then they go to the final. Mm. Where the WBBL, they just go straight to the final, and then 3 and 4 play off. The winner plays 2, and then the winner of that plays 1 in the grand final. The WBBL this year was excellent. Yeah, watch. it was. It was the first time I've fully tuned into yep. it. Um, bit disappointed being a Sydney supporter, both Sixers and Thunder, but it's great to watch. The grand final was excellent. Yeah, grand final was excellent. And that bowling attack from the strike was red hot. Anyway, we won't get too sidetracked. We're going to touch on, I think, if we go from first to fifth this year, last year we went from fifth to first. This year, I think the Scorchers are just a, a clear standout. I think... Sixers have lost a couple of players, um, and Scorchers, their roster just keeps getting more and more refined. Same players getting a year more experience, a year under their belt. They're going for three in a row, which hasn't been done since the Penrith Panthers in October. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got the Scorchers as a clear standout this year. Yeah, it's good. I mean, if you look at... The most valuable um, or the toughest thing to have in a BBL team is a middle order that can win your games. Yeah, and stability. Uh, and I think if you look at the middle order of the Scorchers, I think that's where it get, they just are set apart from others. And then obviously the other standout team, if we're tuning into the same page here, where it would be the Sixers who also have quite an experienced uh, middle order there too. So I think the middle order plays a much bigger role uh, <clears throat> than maybe... Just the viewers know. I think if we watch, we see the openers do some impressive things. Um, but it's the team who I think has the most consistent and um, reliable middle order that actually go really deep in the tournament. I think the Sixers are going to have a couple of challenges this year with obviously Dan Christian moved on. I think that role that he played is going to be super hard to feel. But the big difference from the Sixers this year, and you speak about that middle order, is that role is going to be replaced by a young fella. I think it will be between three young fellas. Curry either takes a bit more ownership with the bat or a Jack Edwards or even a Joel Davies comes Mm, in. mm. So we always compare the middle order of the Sixers and Scorchers to every other team in the comp and have that experience and um, that middle order that knows how to get the job done. Well, the Sixers are going to have a slightly different middle order this year because of Dan Christian retiring. It's going to be interesting to see how they balance that whether they use Silky and Henriquez slightly different or whether they put their trust, which I'm sure they will, put their trust in a young fella to step in and probably not take the same role as a Dan Christian because I don't think anyone in um, to step into Dan Christian's shoes can do that. But 
put the faith and trust in a young fella to come out and do a similar thing in saying that now that i think of it cooper Connolly did that in the final series for the scorchers mm. and it's a copy paste so he was 18 or 19 years old i mightn't have been that young 20 year old cooper Connolly come out and won the scorchers the final well the way i see it you know regardless of who they go with it being successful based off what you were saying with cooper Connolly was that either side of him is the experience mm. so I think it's actually a good stage now while Silky is pretty much at the top of his game in the Big Bash, batting in the middle order there to put someone who is a little bit younger to sort of nurture them through that role. Uh, it's probably the perfect timing. And we know that you know when you've got good systems like these two teams do, they've been in more finals than anyone else. Uh, I think no matter who steps into that role, there'll be plans and processes in place that'll just allow them to, to flourish yeah. in it. And Tom Curran steps back into that Sixers lineup. You who... think you're about eight? No, about six or seven. You reckon? You, you're underestimating Tom Curran here. I think Tom Curran, um, even if he does start at eight, he won't finish at eight. He he's almost he could be your guy that replaces Dan Christian. He hasn't. Is has he been out here for two years? He's played a few years. I've been watching. If you've got yeah. Foxtel, they've been playing uh, Big Bash on repeat, basically from previous years, and he's been in a number of the Sixers games. I reckon he's been here two or three years. Oh, I mean, like he's been here heaps, but I, he definitely wasn't here last year. I'm, no, no, no. I don't think he come the year before. No, no, either. three years. I'm, yeah. I'd be certain. So um, it's good to see him back. He was my favorite Big Bash game ever. Was that um, Super Over? Yeah, between the... that's the one I watched last night. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So he got run out trying to win the game on the last ball. Went to a Super Over. He scored 34 off 16 to get yeah. him in it and then bowled the super over over. Yeah. They won by one. Moses played the reverse scoop ramp shot that and hit sh the back of his bat. Well, the first ball, the over, should have got clean bowled. He got a mole inside the ball and he just got a bit of bat on it and ramped it down to fine leg for four and then did the yeah the reverse back of the bat for six. Anyway, I think we could talk about the sixes and the scorches all day because of how successful they've been. I think this is where we get to the fun stuff. The teams that are going to not necessarily... um. I think they can definitely compete with those top teams. And it's not saying that those sixes and scorches are locked into one and two, but let's discuss three teams that you or we think are going to fill in those finals. Yeah, this is the year that I'm the most unsure. Um, I, I think it obviously, like any team, heavily depends on who's on the park the most. But I think, I think the Renegades are going to finish there. I think that is um, something everyone's looking forward to watching this year is how competitive the Renegades are going to be with, um, you know, getting the likes of Zampa, Finch is going to bat middle order, DeCock will come out. So it's going to be a really impressive team to watch um, Renegades go about it. Sammy Harper's obviously left there, so that's a bit of a, um, you know, uh, some big shoes to fill. He played a pretty important role there, but I still think, yeah, the Renegades are definitely going to finish in that, in that top five. Yeah, I actually reckon the Renegades might even push for a top two two spot i think they're the team that could uh cause a bit of upset i think i know this time last year on the podcast we spoke about the renegades starting to pick a team to suit their conditions a bit more mm. well they've i think they've just doubled down on that even more mm. now they're going to have zampa and majib bowling on their home wickets which are very spin friendly um mm. at marvel and geelong so i think they're starting to over a few year period here starting to actually play the conditions of their home field a little bit more and now we speak about this middle order where their middle order is going to consist of um, people like marsh madison finch mm. um, they might have a young guy in there at six but then like sutherland who's still very young himself but 
he feels like he's been playing Big Bash for five or six years now. So I think they're starting to compile a team where they've got a balance between youth experience and starting to uh, understand the conditions they're going to be playing in a little bit more often, being their home games, and um, they're picking a team accordingly. Well, I think the Hurricanes are going to finish in the top five. Yeah, I've got them in at fifth. Mm, I'm pretty. Con- are we going in order here? No, no. Well, I, we were I, going to, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got no idea of the order, but I'm definitely sneaking the Hurricanes in there. Um, their team, um, like Cam's been saying, the experience of some of these teams now another year. They're just a team that probably highlights that fact. You know, guys like Ellis and Wade who are constantly going away on our international tours now. Um, the experience and the confidence they're going to bring back for everyone else in their squad. I think, yeah, the Hurricanes have... They probably underperformed a little bit last year, but I think... Super underperformed. We were so bullish on them We were, year. we were. I think um, I think this year they'll hit their straps. They'll hopefully have learned a fair bit from last year, probably played with a bit of expectation because of how good their team was. Um, I think they would have gone away and looked at that, and I think this year they... We'll definitely push for a top five, but I think they'll be super competitive as well. Yeah, their bowling attack. Chris Jordan is such a good pickup. Mm. He's played, feels like he's played for every big bash club now, but he's a guy that the I think the the Hurricanes were screaming out for a guy like him. They needed another guy, in my opinion, to support Ellis and Meredith with the ball in hand, but then also a guy that can bat anywhere from six, seven, probably be more realist, realistically eight, but can actually... Um, finish a game for him and he's got the experience he's got um, he's got the runs on the board doing that in big games in for his country playing for England so I think he's a really good pickup um, he's here for the whole tournament which is exciting and someone that we'll actually have to have a look at for Supercoach when the Hurricanes get their double round later in the season because I think he's going to be a bit of a game changer and he can also change the game in the field too which he's in the I think he's taken two of the top 10 catches in the big bash as well so super excited i think the the hurricanes will i know we were bullish on them last year but i think this year is a year where they will play more consistent cricket throughout the season um and i, I just really hope meredith does stay fit for the whole whole um tournament yeah meredith would be exciting to watch the whole tournament because he's been someone who if he can get a number of games under his belt get some momentum with performances that's always had the attributes to probably go to that next level. Uh, the pace he's got is yeah second to none in terms of speed across the tournament. So if he can stay fit, I'd be super excited to see where he finishes in the wicket count come the end of the year. Yeah, they also, in big news we haven't spoken about, they moved on Darcy Short. They did. Who has battled his way in the Big Bash the last two years. I actually saw a post from the BBL a couple of days ago for the top five or ten, whatever it was, leading run scorers of all time. And... His numbers are incredible, but his last two years have been uh, super lean. He hasn't performed to the high bar that he set himself previously. So a big move for the club to move him on. I, th- I assume they moved him on. It might have been a mutual have, yeah. agreement. Um, but it gives a bit more ownership to Wade and McDermott at the top of the order, which is exciting. McDermott, who underperformed last season, but he's in some serious form yeah, in he'll both be, he'll be very domestic good and he'll be very good when he went over and played for Australia v Indy in that latest T20 series as well and then you got the likes of Caleb Jewell who <laughs> this just kid, keeps getting better and better he'll <laughs> play for Australia he will you reckon he I, will at it's some stage he will get an opportunity he just every time you look whether it's shield cricket one day cricket or T20 cricket he always just seems to be blasting the ball yeah he's he's batting really well he's actually uh, I really enjoy watching him bat. Yeah, it's nice. Um, so, yeah, I think the Hurricanes, 
I'm going to lock them into a final spot this year. So it leaves us one team. Who are you going with, Brown Dog? Yeah. <laughs> this is the, like I said, this is the hardest year I think it is to pick a top five, but I will go with the Thunder. Chunder. I'm going to put the Thunder in for the top five. I just think if you look at the um, other two squads um, that could potentially miss out, I just think maybe the depth there will probably cost them. I think, um, yeah, I, I just think the Thunder have enough firepower. And again, I think they probably, um, in the last two years, have ha- even three years, have had a lot of lo- young players come through their squad and they've still been able to um, make finals most of those years. And I think now those younger players with uh, a few years under their belt, they're going to be much better. I'm so excited to watch Ollie Davies this year. Yeah, I, I really like the Thunder. I don't have the Thunder in my five. Wow. I've gone for another team. But I, it's a toss-up. I think originally, toss-up, yeah. originally I did have the Thunder, but then... When I had a good look at it and... You're not going to say it. Who do you reckon I'm going to say? If, if you say Brisbane Heat... <laughs> nah. Brisbane Heat's lineup for tonight. It's Game great. one is elite, but when they lose... Well, it's only Uzi and Yeah, Marnus. but to be fair, one bloke or one player goes down in the test squad and Nice has gone as well. Yeah, true. So you do have to consider... Yeah, there's a bit of depth. Um, also. Well, not really, because you also got Boland. You got um, yeah, but Morris. squad, squad. Yes, they're squad. all in the squad. As soon yeah. as someone goes down, they have to fill the spot. Yeah, true. But that's not the team I've got. I've actually got. The t- I'm pretty sure this team ran last last year. Got the Melbourne Stars. Yeah, nice. And I think they're a bit short in their bowling stocks, but their their batting order is elite. Okay, so their batting order, they've obviously got Harper, who's going to open. So I think Harper will open with Tom Rogers, who. Hopefully, we just go really hard in the power play, try and face maybe 12 balls in the power play. And well, who bats three? So then, I this is what I would do, and I think this is what they're going to go with. I think Maxwell three. No. I think he's just got to face as many balls as he can. Um, Stoinis four, Webster five, Cartwright six. All right, just hold there. That, that's a good it's That's a, great, a good line. I, I agree with you 100%, but... Don't tell me Maxwell's batting four. He is. I He was on an interview this morning and they asked him and he's confirmed that he'll bat four in tonight's oh, okay. game. So yeah. does that change what who you think? Well, no, I still think they are like... I still have them as my... Yeah, yeah, team. yeah. But what's your order now? You'd have to put... <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot, obviously. Oh, yeah, but I don't I, know I'm, op- I'm, opening, I'm opening with Stoinis. Yeah, they could have Stoinis at three. I, I would rather... I just want Maxi in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. there's a wicket in the first over, then maybe... Problem it... is, no one else can do what Maxi does in the middle order. Yeah, I know. And that's, as we've spoken about through this whole podcast, that's what separate those top two teams for the last five years. However, I just think Mac, uh, Maxi's different kettle of fish. Mm. When you compare it, looking at the guys from the middle order of the Sixers and the Scorchers, they're not superstars. Mm. They're guys that play their role in the team and have identified how to be successful in their role and they just go out there and... Uh, execute that role really well. Well, Maxwell's not a role player like that. No, no, he's not. He's a he's a like I said, he's a superstar. He he's a match game. winner. Every he's time. someone that I would like to see bat three. Um, and someone, the reason I want this, or I'm putting the stars in there because I think this is time for Maxwell and Stoinis to take full ownership of this team. Zampa's gone across to the crosstown rivals in the Renegades, uh, which I think would be a little bit touchy with Stoinis, but. I think it's time Maxwell and Stoinis own this team. Maxwell obviously didn't play in the Big Bash at all last year. And they take full ownership of this team and get them into finals cricket. 
Yeah, nice. Well, I'm just going to put it out there that obviously I'm a Thunder supporter, but my uh, second favourite team this year is definitely going to be the Renegades. Yeah. For my plant-based brothers the over Reneg- there. The Renegades. Yeah. and uh, Kane yeah, Richardson. Richardson. I'm very excited to watch the Renegades. I the Renegades am... have got a good lineup because they're bowling attack. Yeah, You've got... uh, Tom Rogers is also in that yeah. lineup who was, who was in the player... Uh, uh, team of the tournament last year. Well, as you've well. got your three quicks in Richo, yeah, Tom Rogers mm. and Sutherland, yeah, proper quicks. Who now Sutherland? I think he can just bowl through the middle overs a little bit more instead of having to bowl with a new ball at the death. I yeah. think pretend like Richo will own the death overs, but and the surge too. Yeah, and the surge. But I think um, Rogers will support him in that. And then you've got arguably, if you take Rashid Khan out who's missing the tournament. You've got two of the best spinners in the world. Yeah, yeah Zampa and Majeev. Well, Zampa, in my opinion, is probably the best white ball bowler in the world. Yeah. So, uh, the only doubt, or not doubt, but concerning element is none of their none of their top six can bowl. Mm-hmm. You're going to have, or Nick Maddinson will be, if anyone goes down injured or anything and the game changes, Nick Maddinson's going to have to be the your sixth option. Yeah. So, that's their only criticism, but... Uh, when all things go well, I think, whew, look and out. just to say, like, just having Aaron Finch in your dressing room. Yeah. Like, that that right there is getting He's been be, good to listen to on commentary. Hasn't he? Hasn't he? I, I don't care if he gets a duck every game. He's batting four for me every game, and I'm feeling so confident, to, like, him talking to me in the sheds. Yeah, prior. definitely. Um, so, let's just quickly touch on the other teams who we don't have playing finals here. We've already touched on six of the eight teams, with mm. the Thunder and Stars being our difference. So the two teams we've got left, <laughs> the two teams I take the mickey out of quite a lot and um, probably don't show enough respect to because they both, well, the, the, heat, played, the heat played in the final last year mm. <laughs> and the strikers always seem to play finals cricket despite... Yeah. They always seem to come fifth or fourth. Or yeah, despite me taking the mickey out of them. So strikers have actually had a lot of changes to their team. They're the ones that have picked up Darcy Short. They've just announced this morning that Matt Short will captain the team this year. Chris Lynn will be there at three. Um, Rashid Khan not available for the tournament. Massive loss. That's huge. That 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 right there pretty much summed up why I didn't have them in that fifth spot. Yeah. Otherwise, I probably would have. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have. But, again, I'm someone that doesn't show them enough respect. Um, but I'm really excited for the great man. Yeah, Menanti. Yeah. I am so pumped. I hope he plays. I think he'll play almost every game. He's, the, he's got to be their first choice spinner. Well, I... I had I wrote the teams out for Super Coach purposes about probably a month ago I reckon, and I pulled them up for this podcast episode today. And obviously Rashid Khan was still available, and I had Benny Menenti in the team when Rashid yeah, was available. Yeah, 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 that's right. If Benny Menenti, he was on our podcast a few episodes back, and the preparation that he um, was telling us that he goes through getting ready for a big bash game just made me fall in love with his processes yeah. even more. I, I think he's a great competitor. I played a lot of cricket against him and he was a spin bowler you were scared to face because he competed so hard. Yeah, so and I'm he's just, not a spin bowler that bowls a mystery ball like he's an off spinner. Yeah, 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 that's right. But I am super pumped to watch Benny play this year. I hope he kills it. Yeah, and I want to see him with the bat too. Because oh, he's been going so well with the bat. Every time, I'm pretty sure this year, his highest score is 68 and his lowest score is 54. Yeah, it would be something <laughs> like that. The poor bloke, he's been so close to 100 a few times. But he, he also bats so low, not so low. He's like had he's a batting. couple of opportunities at 6 and 7 yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But he has batted 8 and 9 a lot too. Yeah. So, yeah, he... He's a genuine all-rounder. So wherever he bats, he's going to be very valuable. But then, then I also... Two of my favourite young... or well, not young, young, but young quicks 
who when these Aussie guys um, like Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins do move on, two guys that I think could get some opportunity at the next level are both in that team in Wes Agar and Henry Thornton. Mm-hmm. So, Which is funny because obviously you haven't picked the heat. So your other bowler there who's potentially going to take over from those guys is Spencer Johnson. Yeah, and Xavier Bartlett and, too. And Neza. Yeah, and uh, in all seriousness, they've got, this is they, they have got a lot of good players. Yeah, they? yeah. The Heat... Yeah. I am underestimating the Heat, and I wrote down the Heat's lineup for tonight, and it's elite. It's a fire lineup. It's, um, it's Are you very predicting good. the Heat tonight over the Stars? Yeah. You are? Yeah. I've tipped the Stars to make the finals, but I think the Heat will get them. Like their lineup, like their top four is um, Uzi, Munro, Marnus, Billings. Like, <laughs> hello? An interna- it's an international lineup. Um. So, yeah, I'm tipping the, the Heat to win tonight, but I'm tipping the Heat when... Well, when they... They only, like we said, but they only lose Uzi Amanis, and they do get back in um, Pearson, who will captain the team, and they get back McSweeney. Mm. Um, I think that's all of them playing in the PM11. They've got Swepson and Kuderman, who I think they will play a role. I'm not a huge fan of Swepo the last couple of years. He was, he was touted to be the next bloody... Aussie spinner a few mm. years ago. He hasn't delivered, and Kuderman will play his role. He'll attack the stumps and try and reduce the run rate more than take wickets. But yeah, I just don't have the heat up there. And they will probably, again, these teams will prove me wrong. And the teams that I like this year, in like the Renegades and the Hurricanes, will let me down. But that's what I'm predicting this year. Yeah, I'm uh, on the same page as you. Obviously, I had the Thunder sneaking in there, and um, you had the Stars sneaking in there. So we've got the same top six. Yeah, we're on the same page yet again, Weary. So, uh, I think we roll through our player of the tournament prediction. Yep. So, yeah. oh, you can go. I was just going to run through. I think we've got four topics that we're going to yep. roll through. So we'll do the uh, who we think will be the player of the tournament, the surprise package of the tournament, leading wicket taker, leading run scorer. Yeah, correct. Beautiful. All right, start us off. All right, I'll go. I think no prizes for guessing. Player of the tournament would be Glenn Maxwell. Wow. A guy that has, he, he always has to be player of the tournament to get the stars to play finals cricket, but missed the big bash last year. What he's done for Australia in the last two months doesn't have to be spoken about to know the effect he's had on that Australian team. He he hasn't, how old's Glenn Maxwell? He hasn't got that long left of playing. 36. Yeah. So he's coming towards the back end of his career, although it looks like he could play cricket for another 10 years. So I think this is just got Glenn Maxwell written all over at this tournament. Yeah, I love Maxi. He's my favourite player. So other than favorite. Zampa, um, so yeah, that's 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 excellent, Weary. I'm uh, just gonna Maxwell would be in my top three picks, but I'm going to move away from batters this year. I'm going to predict player of the tournament to be a bowler, and they're the two people I was narrowing it down to are both from the same team now. I'll give you an opportunity to maybe guess who you think I'm going to come out with here. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Oh, you are when I say. I think the the person I think will be player of the tournament will be Jai Richardson. Yeah. The player who I was considering making player of the tournament was a good friend of mine. (laughs) Good friend of yours. Mr. Berendorf himself. (laughs) Mr. Berendorf, Jace. He's just been fire lately. So they're uh, a sneaky two. Obviously, Glenn Maxwell, I think, will be right up there. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jai Richardson this year. Yeah. The other person I think will be too, just sticking to the. I think it's just hard to win player of the tournament when you only do one skill. Yeah, potentially, but if you do that one skill and you take it, Richo's different. Richo, he's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. He can take four for in the power play. Yeah, so that's good. So you're locking in Richo. I'm gonna lock in Richo. Yeah. All right. So we'll go to most runs. 
Um, my answer's the same. Your most wickets probably answer the same too. So mine's Maxi for most runs. Um, for every reason I just said for player of the tournament. Well, what about your most wickets? So most wickets, I'm actually going to go for a guy. I actually think I said this guy last year, mm. and that is Nathan Ellis. So I think, the like I said in the Hurricanes, the addition of Chris Jordan is going to be so good for Ellis and mm. Meredith, probably more Meredith than Ellis. But I just think Ellis, like you said, has been around that Australian setup more often over the last 12 months since the last Big Bash. Um, is he captain of that team? I think he uh, yeah, yeah, he was captain. announced captain. Yeah, yeah. so I just I, I'm really excited to watch Ellis. I've got him already marked in or penned in, not even penciled into my big bash team for halfway through the tournament when the Hurricanes have a double. So I'm really excited for Ellis this this tournament. Yeah, it makes it a little bit boring because I do think Maxwell will also be the leading run scorer. But if I was to give a little smoky, I think Ben McDermott will be right around the corner. Uh, my leading wicket taker, again, I would be one of those three, obviously Richo, but I think Zampa and Berendorf will have good seasons too. Yeah, Zampa. I'm really interested to see Zampa in that hurri- oh, not Hurricanes, in that Renegades team because he's someone over the last two years, he, like, when he bowls for the stars, he hasn't got much support. You know, your, your strategy going into the game, you don't have to go after Zampa. You've got... But this is, this is exactly what you were saying earlier, Weary, because they don't really have a sixth bowling option... They have no. They can't really sit on Zampa the no, whole they time. No, they can't. Well, they've ha- got Richardson and Majib and exactly Rogers and Sutherland. So yeah. they're going to have to try and attack. You know, most of their bowlers. Zampa's um, a terrific pick as leading wicket taker because, especially if they bat first and put a big score on, like to cock and score a hundred in any game, mm. then you've got like that middle order we said. Like, if you're chasing two hundred and Zampa's bowling, you can't sit on him at all. So, so yeah, look, when batters far- go at him is even better. As far as my prediction is concerned, because Take come on, because I've gone with player of the tournament for Richo, just to change it up, I will go with Zampa for most. Yeah, wickets. I like that. All right, this is last one. Is a bit of a surprise package. Surprise package. It could be a rookie on the rise. It could be an international that no one's heard of. Uh, it could be someone that's moved clubs to get a different opportunity, but someone that we think couldn't stand out. I actually last year marvelled this one. Did you? Picked Aaron Hardy. Yeah, well done. Second leading run scorer of the tournament last year. My one this year, if anyone's watched domestic cricket, it's no surprise for guessing. I'm going with Jake Fraser McGurk. Yeah. And I just hope, I'm only going him, I don't want him, when I mention that um, Renegades lineup, there's a potentially bat six. I don't want that. Yeah, if he opens, then he will 100% be a surprise. I just love the Renegades to stick him in at open. Um, like I said when I was explaining the stars lineup, having a guy that can go out there, just give yourself anywhere from 12 to 15, 20 balls, um, go hard in the power play, get the team off to a flyer and then let your middle order experience guys like Finch, Marsh, Maddinson come in and manipulate and manoeuvre their way through the middle overs. And that's not telling McGurk that he can't bat through the middle overs because if he gets going, I mean, we saw he only took 29 balls to get to 100. But... I just really hope he's opening because it's a completely different role as we spoke about through this whole podcast between batting at the top of the order and batting in that middle order in the big bash. Nice. My surprise packet of the tournament, again... You said this bloke last year. I know who you're going for. No, 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 you don't. No, no, you don't. Is um is very much based on where he bats. Again, similar to yours. And I'm actually going to go with a uh, guy from the Scorchers. Oh, you're going with Coop Connolly. I'm going with Whiteman. Oh, Whiteman. Yeah, so that's a good one because 
as I said, it's not necessarily rookie of the year. This guy is actually captain in his state. But he would still, if he comes out and cements his spot at the top of the order for the Scorchers and has a good tournament, that's that's a surprise package. 100%. I don't think many people would be expecting too much from Whiteman this year. Um, but if you've tuned into a bit of domestic cricket, he's been... He's churning them. He's been scoring hundreds. He's been going really well. And I think him going back, obviously him coming from the Thunder, going back to Perth, playing for the Scorchers, I think is going to suit his makeup really well. He's in a dressing shed, obviously, with people. He goes out to dinner with every week. So I think he's just going to feel a little bit more at home. And I think... Like Cam said, if he can establish himself at the top of the order, I think he is going to be a little surprise packet for this tournament. Yeah, I like that. Uh, all right, so that concludes our episode today. We could rattle this off for hours and hours, but I think what we'll do this year, which we didn't do last year, is actually touch on some big bash throughout the tournament. Yeah, I like it. It's always very hard. We kind of, like, I'm about to go up to Brisbane for a week, and then we get back and we take two weeks off, and then it's almost the end of the tournament by the time. We might just have we to do many more episodes. We might just have to um, do a bit of Zoom, yeah, Zoom potting, Zoom pod it up, Zoom pod, because it would be great to unpack players throughout the tournament and talk about what we see. Uh, players are doing really well, or teams are doing really well, or different roles that players are playing in teams, and identify these things and and nut them out. I think it would be a good time now to say uh, if you have been a a regular listener throughout the year thank you very much for uh, taking the time out to listen to our podcast we, uh, we're coming to the end of our sort of second and a half year uh, running my peak and probably second or maybe even only 18 month um, of podcast. running the podcast so um, thanks so much for the support we really enjoy putting these episodes together uh, talking about cricket and also talking about all things holistic development um, hopefully you guys uh, share the same passion when you listen um, to our podcast as we do uh, and hopefully you take a few things away to implement it not only into your cricket but into your everyday life as well all right before we sign out it's the my peak holistic tip of the week mm. and we were a little bit underprepared for this one this week and i um as at the start of the episode you would have heard just sipping on a homemade juice and brownie made a great point and no reason why i was drinking the juices using fruit in the summer especially at the moment it's supposed to get up to 40 degrees come game day on saturday mm. this week yeah uh, and in, in the west 42 degrees mm. and it's using hydration obviously is a super important thing but also um not just hydrating through water also using like fruit to hydrate as well so for example in my smoothie i got a heap of watermelon so just tip of the week is understanding that not just drinking obviously water is the best way to hydrate and something that you want to prioritize but also eating plenty of fruit watermelon grapes um, pineapple all of these fruits that are high in uh, minerals mm. is a great way to boost your hydration and uh, be better prepared leading into these really hot days and also super easy to consume on a hot day yeah i love that because Obviously, we know water is superior, but we also know the um, vitamins and mineral content in the actual fruit itself um, is going to play a huge role in just making sure that... Well played, Weary. Just making sure that you are topped up on your nutrients ready for game day. So if you are staying on top of your hydration, this is like a, a lovely little add-on tool, almost like a double-click or a highlight or something just to really stamp your hydration home. You know, having something nice and enjoyable on a friday night or a saturday morning before the game top up that mineral content but also um just make sure that glass is full on the hydration too awesome all right thanks for joining us on the my peak podcast until the next episode over and out